You busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. I am going to make you privy to a conversation that I was having, and it kind of just gave me that, mm. You know how you, you're in the midst of a conversation or you're saying something and you catch yourself and you're like, ooh, <laughs> that was tweetable, that was uh, postable, that was inspiring but more importantly that felt like a word that was anointed and it came from another source than me so shouts out to the holy spirit that's exactly what i experienced i am and i'm just going to be as candid and transparent as i can i am going through a certain season that is peculiar in such a way that I I cannot tell a fib and say that I am enjoying it, but I'm definitely intrigued by this season in that it doesn't feel comfortable. It, it's not, you know, Christmas in the soul kind of thing, but it definitely is getting my attention. I definitely see the growth in myself. And I think out of anything in the entire world, what I'm noticing about myself is I want the revelation more than I want the reward. I want the gem and the root of the gem before I'm even really interested in wearing the ring. Like I want the blessings that God has for me. I want, I want all of that. But I think that the true value for me is the unfolding, the shaping, the learning, and the growth that happens to me on the way there. There is something about this woman, this person, this spiritual being, this spiritual daughter that I'm becoming that I cannot truly put a summary on, but what I can definitely identify is that I am starting to realize who I am. And you may have heard people say that before. You may have, you know, whatever self-help guru book or what have you. But truly, truly, I am becoming a student of me. I'm becoming a student of all things that matter to me, things that feel wrong, things that feel right. I am, there will be no one on earth that can that will know me better than me. I am going to learn the anatomy of me uh, for the rest of my life because I feel like that is the route for you having beneficial and productive relationships. The reason why people clash is because you're trying to learn someone else when in actuality you don't really truly know yourself through and through. I could not have met my husband at a better time. <laughs> because the person that I was when he met me, I was aware. But the person that I am now, I am thorough, thoroughly aware. But there's no way we could have gone from where we were to where we're at to where we're going if I didn't maintain and sustain the need to want to be aware of me. Yeah, there is no, you know, we just kind of grew apart, rebuke that in the name of Jesus. There is no such thing if you're aware of an update, of a growth of any sort, because what you're supposed to do is gather that, then go to your person and say, real quick, uh, I think that I like orchestras. I don't know, I kind of looked at something on YouTube, it got my attention, I've been seeing that every time I go 
whatever whatever it is, you update your person. That's how you grow together. Literally, it's almost like your first pair of, of name brand sneakers that you had in whenever you can remember, middle school, high school, what have you. And you trying to live a life with that particular sneaker being the sole centerpiece of all your outfits to come. So you're going to wear that everywhere, no matter the occasion, no matter the weather, no matter the the crowd, no matter the location, you just decided, no, this sneaker is going to, this is what I'm doing for the rest of my life. And I feel that as idiotic, okay, as that sounds, that's what we try to do with relationships. But not only that, that's what we try to do with ourselves. This is me. This is how I'm going to be. And no, you can't say that. How you felt at 15, you're definitely not going to feel that way at 25. You're most definitely not going to feel that at 35. And you most certainly shouldn't feel it at 45. And at 55, if you even smell uh, the same as 15, we have a huge issue. And you need to be on the grandbaby's list of red alerts. You understand? But I think what I'm getting to and what I really want to hone in on is that Learn yourself enough so that you can live an easier life. So that you can inhale and exhale and be true on both ends. So that as you are navigating through life and making decisions for you, you are aware of what is going to work for you, what's not going to work for you. And the revelation of that is more, it's so rich It is so rich. It's probably the best thing you could ever do for you ever. I said in the conversation that I have always felt like a whale in a dog park. Visualize that. I have always felt like a whale in a dog park. And for years, what I've done is I've looked at other dogs and I'm like, well, you guys seem to be having fun. How come I'm not, I'm trying to muster it up, but like for some reason I can't run the way that you do. I can't, you doing this thing with your tail. I can't even really see my, and I looked at my differences as an issue compared to my surroundings. I looked at the fact that you guys don't have what I have at the top. And how come, how come you doing this sound that sounds like, is that barking? I don't, yeah, this is weird. And what is this that's on my skin? I see that it's on yours also but I don't have is that fur and so continuing to do the right thing the wrong way I was dissecting and and getting a good revelation of what was happening around me and to me but I never dissected it to the point that I could honestly say I I believe that I'm misplaced it was always What's wrong with me? So then I'm going to then try to bark more. I'm I'm going to try to, hey, can you find the collar thing? Whatever that thing is around your neck, can you find one that fits me? No, okay, so so now I'm different. And I kept looking at my differences and the, the fact that I was wired different and the fact that I, I don't know. And then I had people come along and, and then point to those differences. You're too sensitive. You know, you're tall to be a girl. You know, how come you talk so much? And, and so the differences that I already see with me, people, People are coming in and they're pointing at more differences and I'm trying to change that. So being a tall girl, I'm now taking pictures like I'm salt and pepper. (laughs) I'm the fourth member of the group. So I'm bending down on my knee (laughs) and doing all these other things to try to blend in. Again, being a whale in a dog park. 
And for the first time in my life, instead of looking at the surrounding and trying to blend in, instead of being uncomfortable in the surrounding, it's almost as if something inside of me was like, I don't know, but I feel inclined to find water. Do do you guys know where the water is at? I mean, we drink water. We and, and so I realized nobody around me can point me to what's going to sustain me. Because for so long, I have met people in the very surroundings that I'm uncomfortable with say that they're okay there. They flourish there. They love it there. It's bliss for them. And I tried to pretend that I could even understand that mindset. You like this job? Really? Even though the the supervisor does A, B, and C? Really? Even though they pay this amount? Really? Even though there's no potential for upper growth, mobile the career ladder is very short? Really? Even though the commute, even though the work culture, even the, oh, you like living here? With the things that crawl around and all those other things? Oh, that's how y'all talk to each other in your relationship? Is he angry or that's just your... She does that to your forehead a lot. It, it, that mush thing that she just did, that's cool to you. Uh, is this how you and your mother talk to each other? I'm sorry. Why do you feel the need to tell your parents everything? Hold on. How come you got so many people telling you what to do? I'm, I'm sorry. Real quick. Why are you so angry? And so, again, dissecting and looking through, and I'm like, is it me? <laughs> I'm, I, I'm not really clear. And for the first time, I'm willing to accept it is me. I am a whale in the dog park trying to find my way to water. And the most frightening thing about that is that I am thirsty for something I've never experienced. But for whatever the reason, I feel led to go find it. I don't know the coordinates. I don't know exactly. I couldn't point it out on a map. I don't know what form of transportation should be taken. I could not tell you. But what I can tell you is that more than ever, I am leaning on the Holy Spirit and saying, this is what I feel led to do. You have to lead me there. Because I only have two options at this point. Either I'm going to probably in my soul wither because I am displaced Or I am going to do what Peter did and leave behind all that I've known to go out and do something different because I feel led to go to something I've never experienced. And when the Holy Spirit is talking to me, it's very visual because I am not only a practical person, I'm a person that you got to put it in in a language that means something to me. And so when I can literally close my eyes and imagine a whale in a dog park, I'm like, why didn't anyone love you enough to say, I, you know what, you may not know, but real quick, um, I've seen other people that look like you, and but they're not here. Uh, you, you, you're wondering why you have your teeth like that. I don't think that you're supposed to eat kibble. 
I think that that's the importance of who you have circled around you. Have some people that love you enough to say, I I know you're used to this, but I think that you were built for something different. And even if that difference puts you at a distance from me, I won't have you at a disadvantage for me. Do you understand how powerful that is? That's why the majority of the time that we get these real, like, spirit soul downloads is usually from a stranger because they don't have anything to gain. They don't have anything to lose. They're pretty much just, they don't even know they're doing the Lord's work for free and they pretty much go into the next chapters of somebody else's life. But the people who really stand to either lose or potentially gain something from you moving or not doing something that could benefit them. Those are the people that usually uh, mask what they know to be best for you. Oh, they know such and such ain't no good for you, but that's their cousin, and they love the fact that you you be coming over to the, you understand? Oh, they know that um this job is to reblade, but, you know, they got two, three more years uh, a plan that they work in, and you make the work life, and you know, fun for the most part. So, like, yo, let's thug it together. Oh, they know that what you're doing with your body and how you're eating, like, this is not it, but, like, <laughs> you know, let's go out to eat, brunch in it, let's take the pictures or whatever. Oh, they definitely know. They definitely know. But you know what? Making you aware gives you knowledge that will uh, keep them lonely. Yeah, those are the people that you have to be uh, not afraid, but like, you know, just aware. Because most of the time (laughs) they have titles that you're like, but why would you do that to me, mom? Yeah, but that doesn't make any sense to me, Dad. Like, you're my sister. You're my put in whatever title you want. And that's why you have to start listening to the collector items of what people have said and start to be like, hmm. So for instance, one thing that I was always told, <laughs> whether it was work, a place that I wasn't supposed to be at, whether it was a relationship I wasn't supposed to be in, but but the common denominator, the number one answer on the family feud board was, think you're too sensitive. And what that translated to was, for whatever the reason, you see the truth that is in this situation. And so um, instead of changing the situation for the better, what I'm going to do is I'm going to point at the fact that you uh, see it uh, and that you're trying to expose it. So I'm going to say something's wrong with you so that you can grow a callus to the situation. And then we all can be in this situation with me not changing and you being okay. So when I told uh, someone at the at the workplace, uh, y- you can't talk to me that way. Oh, you're too sensitive. No, ma'am. <laughs> She's going to have to change the way that she speaks to me, period. No more uh, punctuation needed. She's going to have to change the way that she speaks. So then the next statement was, well, you know, she's from, they tried to give me a locale. I was like, yeah, real talk, I'm from New York. Yeah, you're not going to be able to, to out um, spunk me. You're not going to be able to do it. So she's going to have to change it because in this environment, it's called unprofessional. When I was in other relationships, bro, you can't do A, B, and C. Oh, man, you too sensitive. Too sensitive or too aware that you're not messing with a dummy this time. Like, bro, I see that. I know what that leads to. And you're not going to have me out here looking like nobody's um, homie the clown. Like, you're bugging. I wear red lipstick, not red noses. You understand that? Okay, you don't. And that's why those grandbabies will remain nameless and also on the block list, like at the same time. You understand? 
But I need for everyone to understand the very thing that took me a very long time to get to. You are wired to live a certain way. Like literally, when I first got my pup pup son, they were telling me he's not going to poop where he eats. And I'm like, what do how to okay so then so he can't just crate it out it's like mm -mm. if he eats in a crate he's not going to poop in a crate and the first thing that came to my mind was where did he learn that right because um there was no tutorials that I'm aware of that he well, I don't know about no zoom no webinars like I don't know if he went to a pup pup class real quick and was like hey I'm glad you all are in attendance real quick I know you're eight weeks <laughs> But you guys can't like I don't know if there was something that was held and it definitely blew my mind because he was a singleton meaning that he was the only pup in his litter. So where did he learn we do not poop where we eat I had to actually look it up and in my research I found that when the pups are in the you know the wild or whatever the mothers would refuse for them to pup poop inside of the cave or whatever their sleeping spot is because then it would let predators know oh <laughs> there's some prey here so long 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 after they were domesticated that was just something that was in their pre-wiring right so now here I am fresh on the pup mom scene and I got a pup pup who knows off back if I eat here I can't poop here imagine trying to force that out of him imagine trying to be like but listen it's too inconvenient for me to change and adapt to how you're wired so I'm just going to make it seem like something's wrong with you I'm just going to go ahead and break your wiring so that I don't have to strengthen a new skill in me I feel like that is the equivalent to what people do in other people's lives and so when I look at the lesson, even in my pup pup son, I'm like, do you understand that you are already pre-wired to do a thing? That's why you hear celebrities and athletes and all that. He's had a basketball in his hand for, I don't know, I mean, since he can stand up and all this other stuff. Because maybe just perhaps you were already wired for the life and the plan that God has for you. But unfortunately, somewhere in the midst of that, you went down a lane that God was like, uh, I'm sorry. Maybe the discomfort would be an indicator that you're displaced. Maybe that no one looks like you around you will be an indicator that you're displaced. Maybe the things that you don't accept and you're not comfortable with maybe be an indicator that you're displaced. Maybe what makes somebody else comfortable and, and the thing that actually gives you a little bit of a heart palpitation, maybe the things that are happening in the world doesn't stir up other people the way it stirs you up. Maybe you're starting to see that what you like to do in your free time doesn't doesn't just need to be in your free time you need to actually monetize from that so all your time is put to something that you would do for free maybe the reason why you're attracted to that kind of person is because there is something that's either broken in you and so you need to go ahead and heal it so that you can stop meeting the same person with a different name and a different social security number but having the same outcome maybe what you need to do is go to God and start praying different maybe what you need to do is go ahead and say you know what I've noticed this about me I don't know why I do this but I know that you wired me to be a certain way so either someone else came along and tried to make me be comfortable in a dog park but what I need you to do Lord I need you to show me why I have this bigness why I have these big ideas how come I have this such a big heart where's all this coming from if you wired me like this give me the life show me the preview give me the trailer Holy Spirit lead me because I don't want a big life in a small park 
I hope you feel every piece of that. I hope that there's something deep down in you that says, you know what? For a long time, something hasn't been right. And everybody's looking at me like, but you should be okay. Because at least you got a job. And at least you got a, you, a car. And at least you have friends. And at least you have a relationship. And at least, but if I keep living it at least life, what's the difference in putting a leash on a whale? I don't want to at least life. Least is not my daddy's thing. Okay, Alpha and Omega. He said that I will be, we will be the head and not the what? The tail. Mm hmm. That we will be the uh, lender, not the what? The borrower. Mm hmm. So, least is not in my vocabulary because my daddy said that I'm a masterpiece. Yeah, the Bible says that you are God's masterpiece. So, don't tell a masterpiece to at least be okay with being a family dollar. Don't do that. Do you understand what I'm trying to drive home? I pray that something, in, it, I'm talking about, erupts inside of your soul to say, you know what? Every chain that somebody tried to put on me, I'm breaking today. It's not going to just be a song, and we're not going to just thank Tasha Cobbs for singing it. Every chain that somebody put on you, break. There's a reason why whales don't have arms. There's a reason why whales don't have feet. There's a reason why you were shaped and wired like that. Why don't you at least, you've lived your whole life being that kind of discomfort in that area. Why don't you do something different so you can at least say, I tried. I tried to do something different to get a different result. But, but for the love of everything, please do not decorate your pit and try to convince me that it's a palace. And worst of all, don't try to make me, don't deter me from trying to get to my palace because you're comfortable in your pit. Don't do it. This is the season of break free, break through, break, or I'm going to break away from everybody. It's how you should be feeling. We are done being shackled to everyone else's ideals. We are done with being shackled to the at least, the comfort, the, okay, well, you know what? And you're calling safety, the things of safety, but it's stagnation. God didn't call you to live safe. Nothing about God says safe. He will make sure that you're covered. He will make sure that you have the fruition for which and, and the provisions for what he has for you. There's certain things, there will be a covering, but he never said that you would be safe and sound and just um, what we call safe. We call safe, nothing's going to bother us. And at least we have this, this, and this in place. No, God preserves his, his anointing and his promise on you. Everything else can go up in flames. He will preserve you. He told Lot, them angels told Lot, run for your life. I'm going to preserve you while this place goes up in flames. Do you understand that? He wasn't, he was not convinced or called or, or more focused on saving Lot's home than he was in saving Lot's assignment. 
I need for people to start to understand that it's not about getting you another car. It's not about getting you another job. God is trying to do some things that's going to have you break free of some things so that he can preserve you and kill the thing that was trying to shackle you. Like, I don't know where you're at in this season. I don't know why this is coming out the way that it is, but I need you to be very clear, very aware that, oh my gosh, if something is disrupting in my life, then God's trying to shake up some stuff because I have been safe, but what I really have been is stagnant this whole time, and God is like, you are not going to die on my watch because even if you stay in that dog park and you live for 10 years, you would have given up the very 30 year that I had on you for you to be in the water. And you would have called dog park living a good life. No, it was safe because it was all you knew. But what you call safety was stagnation. And stagnation leads to a withering, slow death. And I hate to be morbid in that way, rebuke it in the name of Jesus. But if you are not where you were supposed to be, if you are not at the very location that God has wired you for, even if you survive somewhere else, you never live like you were supposed to. Do not mistake being alive and displaced as living a full life according to your wiring and assignment. That's like a bird being excited that, you know what, they had a good life in the fishbowl. Yeah, but did you, you never got a chance to fly. You never got around to knowing yourself enough to know that you have wings. You never got around yourself to, you could reach altitudes a fish could only dream of. That's why, that's why you feel different when you're in that bowl. And that's why you, you, you kind of feel like, well, the, the goldfish is having fun. And they go to the bottom and they stay there. And they kind of like, and then when this food comes, it fills them. I, I need you to start looking at the indicators on the dashboard of your soul. Those lights are on for a reason, ma. <laughs> Those lights are on for a reason, sir. It's trying to get your attention because without the lights on the dashboard, we will keep driving and thinking that everything is okay. But when the lights come on and you're uncomfortable, you're like, how come all of a sudden I've been at this shop all of a sudden and, I, I, and I'm not fulfilled anymore? How come this particular degree is not filling me anymore? How come this particular relationship just feels like, yeah, how come? And you'll start to... You'll start to ask the how comes, but thank God for the indicators because without the indicators, you would never pull off, pull off to the side long enough to ask the question. How many times do you look at your car and be like, let's go ahead and get an oil change? Not until the what? The indicator comes on. Because you are programmed to get in the car, drive, get in the car, drive, gas, get in the car, drive. Nothing in your day-to-day says, let me be sure that I have um, the oil light. I mean, get, get an oil change because you have been used to the oil light coming on. That is the same thing with your life. You have just been in this cycle of doing whatever it is that you do from day to day, doing whatever it is that you do from day to day. And then along comes a bink a little light on the dashboard of your soul and you're like, I can't explain it, but for whatever the reason, I feel a need to look at this a little bit differently. I don't know. Sitting at home doesn't fill me anymore or running the streets doesn't fill me anymore. Just spending a whole bunch of money, whatever it was, it no longer is. So I need to find out what is going on. And so maybe the indicators are trying to get your attention for a reason. I was reading about um, Moses 
And I was like, my gosh, if we want to learn anything about somebody already being pre-wired, we can actually learn it from Moses immediately. When I looked at Exodus 2 and I seen how this man, like, I don't, like, who, it's just, it's, it's so, it's rich is what I'm trying to say, okay? So we already know the story of Moses, right? We should. We should be reading our Bible, but that's between you and the Lord because I'm a good grandbaby. And we know that his mother had him, and so there was an order out that said, hey, if there's any boys that are born during this time, I need you to go ahead and throw all the boys in the Nile River, okay? Because we're killing all the Hebrew boys because y'all boys is getting too much in number, and you can have a nice day. And so his mother hit him for as long as she could after Three months, she was like, okay, I got to go ahead and do something different. She got a basket. She put some tar at the bottom of it, pushed him in the water while Pharaoh's daughter was washing up. Pharaoh's daughter saw him and was like, oh, he's beautiful. And then I'm going to name him Moses because I lifted him out the water. So I want to start at verse 11 of Exodus 2. So many years later, when Moses had grown up, He went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. Twelve. After looking in all the directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. Thirteen. The next day, when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. Why are you beating up your friend? Moses said, to the one who had started the fight 14 the man replied who appointed you to be our prince and judge are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday then Moses was afraid thinking everyone knows what I did quick question (laughs) um Moses who who taught you to stand up for people Maybe it was something that was hereditary because your mother was like, look, I don't care what nobody say. I'm not killing this boy. Y'all have a nice day. I'm going to break the rules. I know that there's rules in place, but have a nice day. Don't know where it came from, but it's very, very clear to me that you were very aware from a very young age that I'm not one of them. That even though I'm in the palace, even though I'm enjoying all the things that come with the palace, I'm very clear that my people, my people who I identify as my people, they're out there. And I see what the people in the palace are doing to my people, and that don't sit right with me. I don't know how everybody else in the palace is able to be okay. Maybe because, you you know, y'all didn't get drawn from the water and then, you know, get adopted into this situation. And I don't know how the people outside uh, that are fighting, I don't know how y'all cool with hitting and beating on each other like, it's one thing for the uh the masters and all the other stuff to be beating on y'all because you know whatever they reasons is for that but the fact that y'all beating on each other like the fact that that doesn't bother you that bothers me enough that I want to do something about it and what I never caught was that Moses tried two different ways to handle it one it was like okay (laughs) uh during his visit he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews right After looking in all the directions to make sure nobody was looking, Moses killed the Egyptian. Yeah, because what what you're not about to do (laughs) uh, is touch one of mine, right? So that was a very, like, ain't no talking. It's nothing to talk about, sir. Yeah, you you getting super confused. And we both in the palace. But you know what? Um, I have something that you don't. And it's called these hands. And you're getting ready to get it with no prayer. So this is how that's going to work. But then the very next day, when he saw two of his people to Hebrew men fighting and he asked the one that started it like why are you beating up your friend 
And to get the, are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? was like, time out. First of all, y'all don't have um, social media. So how that word get out that fast? Like, that's number one. <laughs> number two, why doesn't it bother you that we already have people beating on us that, that are Egyptian? Why doesn't that bother you? Why, why is it that y'all are cool? Like, so you just cool with us just being a, a people of punching bags? Like, you think that that's why God made us? Like, we're just supposed to be suppressed and all these other different things. So we getting it from all angles. We getting it from the Egyptians. We getting it from our own fellow peers and stuff. Like, th that's how that's supposed to go. But Moses couldn't even get to the point of advocating because someone else was already looking at him. Like, who appointed you to be prince and our judge? Are you going to kill me the way that you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Moses couldn't even get out anything that would have been groundbreaking revelation because immediately it was like, yikes. Bruh, that word spread that fast. I got to go. So what happened? Moses ran to Midian, and now he is the right person with the right heart in the wrong place. Moses was wired from a very young age, very early on, to make sure that he was the advocate for the Israelites, that he was the advocate for the Hebrews because no one else was stirred up the way that he was. No one else cared enough about why are we doing this to each other and why are they doing that to us than Moses. He was the perfect fit. But the time that somebody pointed out, <laughs> who are you to be our prince and our judge? Are you going to kill me like you did yesterday? First of all, bro, if I wanted to kill you, I would have did it before you even got to the second sentence. Okay, you would have never been in the Bible. Have a nice day. That's number one. Number five is, uh, who told you? Who said that? I would have hit him with the, with the Porsche real quick. Like, oh, I don't, mm -mm, why would you even? Like, I can't. And it's a shame that oftentimes the very person or people that you were wired to rescue already have been pre-wired by the enemy to uh point out your faults you're too sensitive you're too this you too loud you too ghetto you too short you too tall you too you too you too you too you too you too it's a song and what did y'all learn to get that don't know but the bible clearly says in ephesians that we fight not against flesh and blood so it's not people it's the enemy knowing exactly the button to push within you to make you run away from the assignment that god pre-wired you for I think Buddy could have said anything else and Moses would have been like, he could have been like, shut up. <laughs> he could have spit. He could have probably even got loose and started fighting Moses. I think he could have did a number of things. But why is it conveniently that this particular man was able to say an exact statement that made Moses run? That literally just demantled <laughs> dismantled him to the point of he didn't even get a chance to have something to say he didn't have a chance to rebuttal he didn't have a chance to stand up for himself he didn't have a chance to say anything inspiring nothing and I need you to understand that while we're trying to just unveil and get 
more in depth on why God wired us away. What, what is it that we're supposed to be doing? I need you to understand the people who come along your life to go ahead and try to point at that very thing in a very dishonored way that makes you feel like what's wrong with me or that I need to go run and hide. Oh, you got something to say? <laughs> Didn't you have a child out of wedlock? <laughs> Isn't this your such and such number marriage? <laughs> oh, but you don't got no money in the bank. How you going to tell me to do such and such? And somebody will point and touch what you don't even know is a sensitive spot and have you shut down the very thing that God wired you for. Now you don't want to help people because what if they point up your past? Now you, now you don't want to say anything because if you do, then such and such. Let me tell you one of the reasons why I truly, truly sidebar love Joyce Meyer. Because I never heard no one tell this woman's story because she already t- took away the armor. This woman was able to say that her father sexually abused her, that her mother walked in one time and didn't saw it, but walked right back out and told her years later that she never left because she wouldn't have been able to take the, you know, the rumors and the ridicule and the embarrassment and all that, that her brother was a a drug addict. And that's the way that he passed away later on in his life, even after she tried to go ahead and turn his life around and this, that, and third, that she had a baby with with the first dude that she, you know, that said something to her. She got got married they had a kid and then that didn't work and then so like I have you know how you always hear the little whispers like oh because let me tell you something about the the Joyce that I know like somebody would have came out the woodworks real quick we see it even in Exodus 2 somebody came out the woodworks and was like oh what you gonna do kill us like the way you did oh boy yesterday (laughs) literally yesterday so why is it that all these years later it ain't never been nobody that was like, let me tell you something real quick. The Joyce that was back in the day, yeah, she used to smoke cigarettes because Joyce told her own business. She was like, listen, it was one time God had to go ahead and um, she she said that she was not, uh, God didn't take away the, what am I trying to, oh, the cigarette smoking. That she was holding Bible study, smoking cigarettes. And so the one thing that I absolutely love is that she took away all the enemy's armor. There's nothing that you can say, that you can do, that you can whatever, that will dismantle me to stop or to pause what I know that God called me to do. I will do it somewhere else before I go ahead and not do it at all. I will go ahead and continue this with a whole nother group of people before I go ahead and just walk away from the promise. I love the fact that God was like, listen, I still have the land of milk and honey readily available for anybody who's brave enough to go get it. But it is clear that I can't do it with this first group or this first leader. So Joshua and the second group, y'all going to have to come up next. Let's go next caller. Like you see what I'm saying? Please. Please, please, I pray that exactly what the Holy Spirit spoke into you as I was speaking with you, exactly what was given to you visually, the very thing that you were like, "Mm." it's the reason why when I'm talking, certain people come come up, certain situations come up. That is not me speaking to you. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. And I need you to understand that he's only giving you the, the information so that you can change and so that you can get to where God called you to be. The Holy Spirit's sole purpose is to guide you along the way to 
God's path. Do you know how frustrating it probably is to watch you make the same mistake for him to give you the information for you not to apply it for him to give you the indicator light and you keep driving the car anyway for him to go ahead and give you the remembrance of remember make you feel uncomfortable do all the things and his sole job is to guide you to comfort you to advocate for you along the way to where God promised you please don't make his life harder than what it needs to be seriously you are wired to live a certain way do not let anybody do you hear the challenge what's my challenge to you don't let anyone come along in your life and pause shut down quickly dismantle the very thing that God wires you to do in the first place do you understand that okay I hope you got it because you know what these conversations are right they are life-provoking conversations, conversations that not the average person's going to have with you, but who? Your favorite homegirl, okay? All right, um, I'm going to go ahead and let you let me go, okay? But I have one more thing I want to talk to you about, so give me about 30 minutes. I'll call you right back, okay? I promise I'm going to call you back. I am. All right, later. <laughs>